the privilege and the honor. Would you just stand to your feet and welcome our very own worship and creative pastor, Pastor Trevor Fergie. Come on, Trevor. Yeah, man. Thank you. Get him, get him, get him. Thank you, guys. Thank you for that obligatory response that you guys all have to have now. Um, you guys can be seated. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm Trevor. I'm the worship and creative pastor here. And I've known Carl for a long time. I've, I've walked through a lot of stuff, a lot of real painful stuff, um, a lot of really amazing stuff. He married my wife and I. Um, he actually encouraged me to buy my first home when it felt like it was so impossible to do. And I'm just so thankful for him and Kanani, their whole family. Um, but today I wanted to introduce uh, my family if I can get that picture up. You, you see them sometimes, sometimes not, because my son sleeps in on Sunday morning, and they like pancakes and all that stuff at home, so my wife is awesome, and she just takes care of them. This is my wife, Sarah. Um, she is gorgeous and beautiful, and I believe she got the better end of the marriage deal, if you know what I mean. Um, this is my son, Levi, at the bottom. I don't know if you can see him. It's kind of at the, the, ta- at the bottom of the screen. Um, he's just full of energy, man. It f- frustrates me to no end sometimes because he'll like go all day until he has to sleep and he'll just pass out and then I'll have to carry him to his bed. Uh, but he's seven uh, and this is my daughter Nova. She's two and Sarah and I both have really kind of cruise personalities. We're not really, like I'm not a type A personality where I'm like super competitive and neither is she. We're just kind of like go with the flow. But Nova is like the boss in the house. I don't know where she got that from, but man, she runs the house. She runs Levi. She runs me. And it's just, it, I don't know where that came from, but that's my family. I love them so much. And I think they're going to come to the 11 o'clock service. But so you guys know me most of the time leading worship up here and I sing songs. And sometimes if you're lucky, like I'll say something in between the songs and it'll be encouraging or whatever. <laughs> um, but you, most of you don't know me. Um, I grew up, I was, I was born and raised in Hawaii. I grew up on the windward side. Um, I actually grew up a couple miles from here in a place called Temple Valley. And I went to the elementary school, Ahuimanu Elementary over there. Um, I went to King Intermediate, um, graduated there. I went to Castle High School, graduated in 2004. Thank you, Jesus. I made it. Even when everyone said I wouldn't, I made it. Um, so I'm born and raised here. Uh, my mom is from uh, Nevada. So, woo! My, actually, my parents are here. Would you guys stand up real quick? I want to just honor you guys real, real fast. This is my mom and dad. <clears throat> Woo! Yeah. <laughs> so that's my mom and dad. My mom's from Nevada, um, and my dad is born and raised native Hawaiian from Hawaii. And so growing up, um, I had you know, like a bunch of different influences in my life. And my mom had the occupation. It was a, it was a wonderful job. Um, that she had at one point, and she was a professional clown. <laughs> she was uh, a party clown. She would go and, and paint faces, the balloon animals. I mean, she was really good at it, but she was surrounded by magicians and jugglers and all this kind of stuff, and I hope you don't get mad at me saying this, but I'm going to say it. She was like a free spirit. She was kind of like, uh, you know, you have a lovely aura. Just think positive, and good things will happen to you, and in a, in a way, she's still kind of like that, which is awesome, but it's like centered towards Jesus, and my dad um, at the time, he was, uh, it was a part, like, we grew up in the, the Hawaiian Renaissance, Hokulea, all that kind of stuff, where there was a lot more of a fire in the native Hawaiian people and getting into the culture and the gods and all that kind of stuff. So I had all this knowledge of Hawaiian gods and stuff on one side from my dad, and the other end was 
like all this other stuff. And I lived, um, if you guys drive this way to the North Shore, you pass the, uh, the temple, the Valley of the Temples. And so we'd go there as kids and hang out and they have all these charms and stuff. And I thought growing up, there was like one charm that had like a, it was like a frog. And if you bought this little frog and kept it with you, it was like, it was a charm for like, you could get more money or, was like, or something like that. It'll build your wealth. So I believed all these different things growing up. And um, I don't think my eternity would be the same um, if it wasn't for my parents and my dad. My dad, uh, during my, my school at Huimanu in elementary school years, um, was diagnosed with cancer, with thyroid, not th- was it nasal pharyngeal, right? Nasal, nasal pharyngeal uh, cancer. He's a Vietnam veteran. So he had the Agent Orange, the whole thing. He experienced all that. Um, and so he was dying of cancer. And I didn't know. Me and my brothers were going to school and everything was great. We'd go and, you know, live our life. But we didn't know my dad was dying of cancer. And he was in the, the hospital bed at one point. And he basically, to make a long story short, he made a deal with God and said, God, I've known you at one point in my life and I've been not living my life for you. And I promise to live for you if you take away this cancer. If you heal me from this cancer, I will live the rest of my days for you. And I will bring my, my boys to know you. I'll bring my family to know you. And God came through on his promise. And he healed my dad. Amen. And my dad came through on his promise. So it's not like he, he forced us to know Jesus. All he did, he brought us to uh, this big harvest crusade at, at Aloha Stadium. And... I can even remember one of the songs they were playing. It was a song, Come Just As You Are. And I just was like drawn in by the Holy Spirit. Me and my brothers all walked down. We gave our lives to Jesus. And dad, our our eternity will never be the same. Thank you so much. Um, Wow. I don't want to get like emotional about it. But we're talking today about uh, heaven and and relationships and real people. And last week... uh, Carl talked about heaven and hell are real places. They're, they're actually real physical places where we go after we die. It's not like a state of mind, like he was saying. It's not like they don't exist and we're just nothing. We're floating around in space. It's not that. They're actually real physical places filled with real people with real bodies. And thank God Carl spoke on hell last week because I don't know if I'd be able to do that. <laughs> That's kind of a gnarly one. Um, Carl talked about one concept last week. It was, it was continuity. What you know and experience here on earth will continue in heaven, but better. Like all the, all the stuff that you do here, all the interest that you have, it'll probably still be there in heaven. All the, the beauty and wonder of this earth is going to be the same, but it's going to be enhanced. It's going to be even better. There's going to be no sick, sickness, no sin, no faulty human flaws, no, no weird emotions that make our relationships strained, if you know what I mean. No insecurities, no mourning. Sumo, we talked about him um, passing recently. There's no cancer in heaven. There's no disease we have perfect bodies. We're just going to be living life, enjoying it with God. And that's what I want to talk about today. But before I go into that, I didn't pray at the 7 a.m., but I, I got to pray because if God doesn't show up, man, I just, I just don't know. All these words are going to be meaningless to you guys. So let's bow our heads and pray if you would. Thank you, God, so much for sending your son Jesus to this earth, God, for rescuing us, God, for loving us so much, for designing us to... Um, have eternity in our hearts, Lord, to long for you. I pray this morning as um, I just speak your words, God, I pray that you would anoint them, that they um, would just be your words and not mine, God. I pray that you would draw people to you this morning, Jesus, those that know us and those that maybe don't even know you this morning, God. I pray that we'd be drawn more to your heart this morning, Jesus. We love you so much, and we just pray this in your name. Amen. Okay, so heaven. Um, We're going to talk about that a little bit. If I was to ask people today, like, 
what do you think of heaven? Most people would, don't really know what it's going to be like. In fact, if I asked most of you out here, you'd be like, well, I don't know. Like, I've heard about it. You know, like, I, I watched Bruce Almighty, and uh, I think heaven will kind of be like that big empty office space, and Morgan Freeman will be there, and that's kind of what God is going to look like. But the sad reality is that most people, and that would include probably most of us, don't understand what heaven is really like. In fact, a lot of people, I think, when they think of heaven, they think of this never-ending church service. Like, all of us are in a tent, but in heaven, like a way more awesome tent than this, and we're just going to be singing songs forever, and it's going to be amazing. <laughs> but after, like, probably about, like, 100 years, we're going to be like, oh, my gosh, like, how many times can I sing Lion and the Lamb without it being boring. So this morning, what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to invite the worship team, and we're going to, for the rest of this sermon, we're going to worship with you. <laughs> Just joking. But some of you are actually, like, you think that. You're like, man, thank God service is only, like, an hour and a half, because all I can handle is, like, three, three songs, maybe four songs, if it's really good. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's like a church service, but it's, it's going to be more than you can even imagine. And... Um, the reality is, is that we don't understand what it's going to be like. And here's what scripture says. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, it tells us that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. And in verse 10, it says, these are the things that God has revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. God's deep secrets. And it's talking about the Holy Spirit that lives within us. Those that say yes to Jesus. Those that live for God and live for Jesus. We have the promise of his Holy Spirit that gives us access to things eternal. That gives us glimpses into heaven. And um, it's not like God is trying to hide it from people. Like, hey, I'm not going to really show you. Like, I'm going to surprise you in heaven because I want it to be a surprise. It's just, man, our, our human bodies and our human minds are incapable of taking in all that information. But he's constantly trying to remind us and guide us there. Um, so as I talk about this message today, let me just say up front, like, I've been stressing over this message Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all day yesterday. I was doing a bunch of reading. I read a bunch of this, uh, the chapters of the, the book that Pastor Carl mentioned last week. Um, I put together an outline. Then I deleted it all. And then I just stared at the blank screen <laughs> and, just, and just prayed. Um, but I've, I've done so much... Um, agonizing research and study into this. I put hours and hours of into it. And I realized that no matter what I do, no matter how hard I work at it, I'm going to fail at this because I, I can't fully describe all this stuff to you because no eye has seen, no mind understands all the good things that God has stored up for us. And I was thinking, you know, how, how can I um, relay how amazing heaven is to you guys? How can I get like a, a picture of it to you? And maybe some of you can think in your lives like you had a really an awesome, like, perfect day, like, the most amazing, enjoyable day in your life. Maybe it's, like, you're out um, fishing on your boat, and you're just, like, oh, it's, like, the sun is out. It's, like, calm. It's perfect. Um, or whatever the case may be. Does, does anybody have those moments where you're, like, you think, man, I wish this moment would last forever. You know, and then you say to yourself, like, life doesn't get any better than this. I was, I was talking to my friend um, in this audience, and he was, he was in Japan, and he was, like, man, he was snowboarding in Japan. He's like, man, it's amazing. It's beyond words. It's indescribable. And there's those moments that we can think of that it's like, man, life can't get any better than this. And I have one, actually. And um, uh, my, my brother Tate, his in-laws, 
had access to this amazing beach house on North Shore. Like, it was like this baller house. It had 10 rooms. It had an amazing kitchen. Um, it had a hot tub. Like, it was on the beach. It had an amazing yard, but there was a hot tub on the beach. It was just like, who loves hot tubs? Like, I, if I can, I try to plan my hotels around hot tubs. Like, if I have, I, I, I sur- surround myself with a circle of friends that have hot tubs. It's just one of those things that I'm like, it's a requirement. Um, but I had a hot tub out there. Uh, we had an amazing, that, this one night in particular, we had a really good uh, night plan. We had like a surf and turf dinner. It was like steak and shrimp and all this awesome stuff. I love to eat. I love to cook. So we had all of our family and friends and this amazing meal planned. And my wife and I were walking down the beach as the sun was setting. My son was playing in the water and playing in the sand. And we were holding my, my baby daughter in. If we could get that picture up, I actually have a picture of it. And the sun was setting over the horizon. It was just like dripping golden. And it was one of those moments where I'm like, man, life doesn't get any better than this. I could stay in this moment forever. But the truth of the matter is that those of us who believe in Jesus, not only does it get better, but in heaven, it's infinitely and indescribably better than you could ever imagine. And a lot of us, we may go there one, we, we may want to go there one day and we think about it, but our hearts don't drift towards heaven today. And if we're really, really honest, we think that life here is so great, how could heaven be any better? In fact, I want to share with this uh, scripture with you in Psalm 84, verse 10. And let this verse sink in. Better is one day in your courts, O Lord, than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day, one moment with God in heaven than your best days anywhere else. And I would argue that um, your most dull, meaningless moment in heaven, like the most mundane, like boring day in heaven far exceeds your best day on earth. The day that where you're like, man, it can't get any better than this. And it actually does when we get to heaven. So better is one moment with him than a thousand years elsewhere. Um, and life here, even that best moment, that one day that I had on the beach, it was amazing. But it, ha- it passes you by like that. Boom, it's gone. And all I have is that picture to remember it by. All I have is just that glimpse, a snapshot of history and that moment passes away because all we know as humans is temporary pleasures. So what does it have to do with you? What does it have to do with other people? Um, we're going to go a little bit deeper into um, relationships and heaven and all that right now. So, so just imagine this, and it's kind of like a weird thing to say in church, but so you're dead. Now what? What do you do? Um, you're going to be in heaven, not a spirit without a body. You're not going to be floating around like some you know, form of gas or whatever, or a floating consciousness. You're not going to be in suspended animation like frozen in carbonite. You're, you're going to be a real person with a real body. And in fact, um, our resurrected bodies will remain who we are, same appearance, look, look the same, same memory, same interests, and same, same skills. Um, I mentioned earlier, my mom was a, a clown when I was growing up, and it was, uh, it was cool, like, I thought it was cool at the time until the movie It came out, or we were watching the It as a uh, as kids, and then all my friends never wanted to come over. They saw it. like she had a red wig too, so it was like it was kind of it's kind of kind of freaky. But um, she had all these friends that were jugglers, and I thought it was so cool. I'd watch them like go on the unicycle and they'd juggle ten balls and like knives and all these bowling pins and stuff. And I was like, oh, I wanna I wanna learn how to juggle. So I read this little book on how to juggle and taught myself how to juggle. Um, but in heaven, I'll probably be able to juggle more than I can do now. 
You know, it's going to be amazing. I'll still know how to do that stuff. I, I, I believe, like, when I get to heaven, my guitar skills are going to be incredible. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to know how to do it, but it's going to be like, man, I can, I can shred on the guitar. So we're going to remain who we are, same appearance, same memory, same interest. And let's look at Jesus. Jesus didn't become someone totally different. He didn't have a completely different body. In Luke um, 24, verse 36, um, in the message version, I love the message, by the way. Like, it's good to to scroll through different versions of the Bible sometimes because it gives you a different perspective and a different insight, uh, like a mental image of what's going on. Um, It says in verse 36, while they were saying all this, Jesus appeared to them and said, peace be with you. And like, have you ever thought like in your head, Jesus does this so much, like he, he shows up on the scene, he like floats through a wall or like just appears out of nowhere and freaks everyone out and then is like, peace be with you. Like, so all the all the disciples at this time, like he's he's in the grave, right? He did, they don't know that he's he's resurrected, and they're all like talking amongst themselves, and they're they're freaking out. They're like, "Man, he, he said he was the son of God, but he's like in the grave, and like, what do we do now? Like, we're being persecuted and all this stuff." And Jesus is just like, "Boop, peace be with you." And all <laughs> all the disciples are like, "Ah, Jesus, what are you doing? Come on!" And they thought they were seeing a ghost. They were scared half to death. He continued with them. Don't be upset. Don't let all these doubting questions take, take over. Look at my hands. Look at my feet. It's really me. Touch me. Look me over from head to toe. A ghost doesn't have muscle and bone like this. And as he said this, he was showing them his hands and his feet. And they couldn't believe what they were seeing. It was too much. It seemed too good to be true. And I can just imagine like kind of Jesus standing there, kind of rolling his eyes. He's like, yeah, guys, come on. I said I was the son of God and... Here I am. I said I was going to do this. Here, go go ahead, touch. All right. And then this last verse, it's just, I kind, of, I kind of see it as like a little bit of humor. Like he asked the disciples, do you have any food here? Like I'm hungry. Like, okay, are you done? Like I want to eat. They gave him a piece of leftover fish they had cooked and he took it and he ate it right before their eyes. And there's a couple things that I, I take from that scripture. One, that it shows me that with our resurrected bodies, we're going to have real physical bodies like Jesus did. He came back. He had a real body. The second one is, is that we're going to eat in heaven. <laughs> and that's good news to me. <laughs> if, if, if the son of God, Jesus, in his new body is hungry, then, man, that's good news. Um, so the cool thing is we're going to have a body. The same body with upgrades. And I'm hoping, like, I know it's my fault here on earth, but in heaven, six-pack maybe? Like, God, would that be okay? Like, can you just upgrade a little bit more on the muscle side of things? Uh, and I want to read you guys uh, 1 Corinthians 15. It says, it is the same way with the resurrection of the dead. Our earthly bodies are planted in the ground when we die, but they will be raised to live forever. Our bodies are buried in brokenness, but they will be raised in glory. They're buried in weakness, but they'll be raised in strength. They are buried in natural human bodies, but they will be raised as spiritual bodies. For just as there are natural bodies, there are also spiritual bodies. And so that kind of just shows me, like it says, we're going to remain who we are. We're going to have the same memories, same body. We're going to be recognizable. And that, and number two, the point is that we're going to know our loved ones when we get to heaven. Not only are we, are we going to be there with real bodies, but we're going to see our loved ones that know Jesus, that sit yes to Jesus again. And... We're going to know everyone that we know here on earth that has accepted Jesus and generations before. People that we haven't even seen before. If they're saved through Jesus when they go to heaven, we're going to see them there. Our memories aren't going to be erased and we will remember the people that we know here on earth. And um, 
In Genesis 2, it says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So God designed us for relationships. It's not like he's going to scrap the whole plan and be like, okay, I'm going to make you all robots now in heaven and worship me that way. When he made us, he said, it is good. When he made the earth, it is good. And God doesn't go back on his promise. Amen? Um, in the Bible, there's a lot of people that saw glimpses of heaven. And there were seven people, um, but one of them I want to read to you. Um, and because why this is significant that we're even mentioning people that saw heaven is because uh, God wants to remind you and to kind of urge you towards eternity. And Paul was one of them, and he wrote about it. He says in 2 Corinthians 12, I was caught up to the third heaven 14 years ago. Whether I was in my body or outside of my body, I don't know. Only God knows. Yes, only God knows whether I was inside my body or outside my body. But I do know that I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding that they cannot be expressed in words, things no human is allowed to tell. And even today, there's some people, there's, there's movies out there about um, people that have died and went to heaven and, and came back. And there are many claims, but some of them are fake and some of them are kind of valid. And theologians that have studied all these, they have four strong criteria um, that kind of validate the claim or the story. And uh, three of them are, one, they saw God or Jesus. Two, it was beautiful beyond description. And three, they saw real people there that they knew and people they didn't know. Um, I want to show you a video that has a little bit of, it's a story of a guy who um, had a heart attack and he went to heaven. He saw a glimpse of heaven, a vision of heaven, and then came back. The video ends a little bit abruptly, so just kind of be mentally prepared for that, and I'll come back. We're going to stop it. I want to explain some stuff before we go into the, the rest of the video. Take a, take a look. I wasn't afraid. It was like, I'm going home. Dean believes he went to heaven. When I first entered in, it was just bright. It wasn't so much what I saw as much as what I experienced. The first thing I perceived was everything is right. There's nothing wrong here. And I said, it's past peace. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible in Philippians, the fourth chapter, that says, peace past understanding. That's what's going on there. It's landscape, but more because everything's alive. Nothing's dead. I don't mean just live like grass. I mean, it's intelligent, it can move, you know, it thinks. And someone says, well, that's way out there. It was way out there for me, you know, I'll tell you the truth. We got a pulse. Dean says he felt like he was being pulled back into his body. Then he flatlined a second time. Again, he was in heaven. This time, he saw Jesus. The first thing that comes to me is he's bright, just like John says, he's brighter than the noonday sun. And the next phrase I say, I wish people could grab it, and it's this one, and we can look at him. 
And what you're looking at is not so much the physical part of it. You're really experiencing the love he has for you. And I tell people, it's, it's like he only loves you and no one else. I saw him communicating to angels. He would just look at them. Communication there was thought to thought. They would acknowledge his receiving his information, bow before him like this, and then back out. And it was like, whoa. Dean admits he didn't want to come back. And I don't tell you the truth, I was happy. I was planning on staying, you know, and people always say, yeah, you know, didn't you love your wife and your children? Yes, I loved them probably more than I ever could. But I was thinking, you come here. You come here where everything is right. Then Dean saw family he hadn't seen in a long time. And yet, on the other side of Jesus was my family, my grandmother Mary, but with her were other relatives. And some I had recognized. I had been on this planet when they were here. But then there was generation after generation after generation after generation of those that accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that helped to produce me on this planet. They came to greet me in. And it was like, God. Oops, sorry, I kind of got lost up and caught up in the video. <laughs> was that a good video? It's kind of crazy, huh? Think about. Um, but those, those three strong criteria that I mentioned earlier that um, we saw in the video, did you notice that Dean was talking about that he saw Jesus and he was blown away. He could look at him face to face, that he saw his, his relatives, people that were in his family line and people that he didn't really meet yet. And he described the beauty of heaven, like how beautiful it was. Those are, those are the three things that I mentioned earlier that the, the theologians believe that kind of validates the story of heaven. And he, he mentioned one thing like, yeah, like didn't, didn't you miss your family and your, and your wife? And he's like, yeah, I love them. I love them so much. But when you're in heaven, man, it's just like everything's right. Everything is, is perfect. And so talking about, it brings up the question, right? Uh, who's married in here in, in this place? I am. I'm going to raise my hand. You guys are. So marriage in heaven. Um, this might be a shock for some of you, and some of you might be like, yes. But Matthew, <laughs> Matthew 22, God's pretty clear. It says, for when the dead rise, they will neither marry nor be given in marriage. In this respect, they will be like angels in heaven. And so that means no marriage in heaven. And marriage here on earth, our relationships on earth, are just a shadow. They're like a foretaste of what it's going to be like for us in heaven. Like we're going to be, the only thing that's going to satisfy us is that relationship with God. But we're going to be with other people, but it's not like we're going to be, we're going to need the relationships of other people as much as we were just drawn into God. God satisfies us. He's, he's our everything. And um, so that, there's something to think about for the rest of the day. Uh, so if there's no marriage, no sex. <laughs> Let that float around in your brain and kind of try to figure that one out. Uh, but there's that as well. Um, we're not going to desire anything else, but God will be there. He'll, he'll, that's enough. Our spirits were created to worship him and be satisfied by him. And point three uh, that we're going to go through is you will see God face to face. In Psalms 1611, just talking about that relationship and how we're going to be just satisfied by God. Um, Psalm 16 says, you will fill me with your joy in your presence. Eternal pleasures at your right hand. This is saying that, man, God, your presence is going to be enough. It's going to sustain me. It's going to, it's going to be everything I ever need or want. And our resurrected bodies will have the capability to see the face of God. You know that, um, 
a story in, in Exodus when Moses, who was, had the reputation of being the friend of God, like he would talk to God regularly. He would hang out with God. He would just be like, they were, they were friends. Um, he asked God one time, like, hey, God, I, I really want to see your glory. I want to see your face. Can I see your face? And God's like, look, Moses, I love you, man, but uh, <laughs> my glory is so great that your body can't handle it. So here's what I'm going to do. I'll let you see a little glimpse of me. I want you to go to the face of the mountain, put your face into the, to the side of the mountain. I'm going to cover you with my hand, and I'm going to fly by. And I'm going to show you just a small little wisp, just a little glimpse, like a shimmer of my glory, and I'll let you see that. That will be enough for you. And so he did that, and when he came down from the mountain, his face was like shining. And I know we went through a series, and I kind of love it. Like Carl uh, mentioned that he's like shiny face Moses. It affected his physical appearance. It was so great. It was so powerful that it affected the way he looked. And our human bodies, we can't see God face to face on this earth. Like it's so great. It's so powerful that I don't know what would happen. I like to think um, that who in here has watched um, Indiana Jones? Big fan of Indiana Jones. I love it. My dad watched, we grew up watching that kind of stuff. I let my kids watch it, cover their eyes on the scary part, but we'll watch it as a family. And uh, how many of you remember in the, the Raiders of the Lost Ark, when at the end, like the, all the guys, all the Nazis, all the bad guys were going to open the Ark of the Covenant, and they do it, and Indiana Jones hides behind a rock and covers his eyes and says, don't look, and that big, powerful, like, tornado thing comes out and melts faces. You guys remember that? That's kind of gnarly to think about, but I think, like, that, that paints such an image to me, like, man, our human bodies can't handle the full capacity of seeing God face to face. But in heaven, our new bodies are going to be incredible and we're going to be able to hang out with Jesus. We're going to be able to sit down around a barbecue and barbecue fish with him. We're going to be able to talk to him. We're going to be able to look at him in the eye and have a conversation and hang out. It's going to be awesome. Um, In Revelation 21, talking about God dwelling with us, in verse 3 it says, And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And I want you guys to kind of imagine this. I want you to think about what bothers you, what it is that hurts you. And some of you, you have headaches. Some of you have, you know, you struggle with migraines constantly. Um, no more. Heaven, that's not going to be a reality. Some of you, your back aches. Um, one, of the, one of the girls on the worship team came to one of our meetings this week, and she's like in pain, so much pain, like doubled over. She can't bend over and pick things up off the ground because she's in so much pain. That's not going to be a reality in heaven. Some of you have arthritis, no more, ever again. Some of you have sickness, it's going to pass away. Many of you right now, you're worried, you're tense, you got stress about your job and your finances, and you're worried about the economy and the president, the North Korea, and you're worried about your, your kids' tuition and braces and mortgages and all that. That's not going to, that, no more. You're not going to have to worry about that. It all passes away. And think about this. Have you ever lost someone that you love? Someone close to you? Like Sumo, I can imagine his family is just in they're just grieving right now. They're just mourning. They know where he's going to be, but, man, it hurts so much. It hurts so, so deep in our hearts. Or maybe you're worried about losing someone. Maybe there's someone in your life right now that is their life's on the line, and it's, and it's tense, and, it's, and you think about it all the time. It keeps you up at night. Maybe some of you have lost a child either in the womb or at a young age. It's heavy. 
you're going to see them again in heaven. They're going to greet you there, and they're going to give you a tour of the place. It's going to be awesome. For those of you who hurt, you've been burned by someone, and you find it difficult to trust. No more sin in relationships. That's going to be done with in heaven. We will know, and you will be known. And you will share your heart and be loved intimately. Think about the world, the new heaven and earth. No more poverty, no more kids and babies dying today because they lack nourishment. No more disease, no more death, no more genocide, no more AIDS. Imagine a world with all this gone. And think about this. Any tear that you shed for whatever reason in heaven, God himself will comfort you. And he will personally wipe away your tears. Like our God that loves us so much. Our God that we can see face to face is going to be like, he's going he's to personally comfort us. And that's going to be an amazing thing. Um, I want to show you the end of the video with Dean. And there's a, this is, is, is kind of like the crux of the message, if you would. So let's check that out. I did not think he was going to survive. I, and I, in a way, I, I told his wife that, you know, now well, we have just to pray and, and wait because there is nothing else I can do. I believe in healing. I believe that God is a healer. And uh, I was trusting God for Dean's healing. Three days later, Dean woke up. He was so eager. We got to get people saved. We got to let people know about Jesus. Despite doctors' concerns that Dean's prolonged ordeal would leave him impaired or even worse, there are no signs that Dean even had a brush with death. He's the picture of health. In fact, the staff at St. Francis Hospital dubbed him the Miracle Man. It's a miracle that he's alive. There's no question about it. It is a miracle. Yeah, he's alive, that he's talking, that he has no brain damage. Uh, but but this, this is very exceptional because he was really, really dead for, for a long time. So what does a man do who's experienced heaven and still wants to be there? Dean says Jesus told him something that keeps his feet firmly planted. I felt like he was saying, I need you there, what did I need you here? And I came to understand then how important it was for me to complete what God had put me on this planet to do. The bottom line is, until I'm finished here, you know, and I cannot go back home, I tell people most of the time, I'm on my way home. Don't get me wrong, I'm on my way home. This is the pathway my father says I have to go to get home. So Dean came back and he's like, I got a mission. I'm on a mission now. I got to live differently. I'm going to be a champion of heaven. And, you know, we have Easter coming up in two weeks. And um, I think, myself included, I'm like a pastor on staff here, but I kind of think sometimes like, oh, I got so much to do in Easter. I got all this stuff to do. And other people will invite people to, to church. Other people will introduce people to Jesus. And the reality is that, man, each and every one of us that know Jesus, we're champions of heaven. And we got to be bold and we got to step out and make the opportunity to, to invite someone to Jesus. It's going to be awkward. <laughs> it's it's going to be weird. But take a risk. Go out there and invite someone. Just say like, hey, man, what are you doing on Sunday? What are you doing on Saturday? Do you want to come with me to Easter services? And we can go Buffalo Wild Wings after. Just like, I don't know how you want to do it. But there's so much at stake. There's so much at stake for eternity, guys. And we don't need a... a near-death experience to change the way we live. We can do that right now. We can do that today. In uh, Colossians 3, it says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, 
set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. So this morning, I just really want that to be kind of like burned into our brains. We know that heaven's going to be awesome, that our bodies will be upgraded, and that we're going to have friends and family that we know and people that we don't know. We're going to make new relationships, that we're going to hang out with God face to face, that we're going to be able to barbecue with him in eternity, (laughs) that we're going to worship him, that we're going to be satisfied by him, and it's going to be nothing like our human minds can imagine. But I want you to just think about this, that you can be great, that you can be a kingdom player, that you can leave a spiritual legacy that's going to last for generations and generations. And every moment that you have here on earth where you're like, man, life doesn't get any better than this. Just remember that for those of us that know Jesus, it does indescribably and infinitely better than you could ever imagine and that it's going to be awesome in heaven. Let's bow our heads and pray. Lord, I thank you so much for the hope that we have in you, Jesus. God, that we can set our sights and our our eyes on heaven. And Holy Spirit, that you would help us to be consistent in the way that we live. God, I just know I'm myself that I'm inconsistent so many times and I, my heart wants to do the right thing and I end up doing another thing. But God, help us all to be consistent in this place. God, that we'd be able to be kingdom players, that we'd be able to forgive, that we'd be able to love. God, that we'd be able to invite, that we'd be able to step outside of our comfort zone and be champions of heaven, God. We love you so much. And I just want to um, extend an invitation to some people in this room this morning. If you don't know Jesus in a personal way, if you've never said, God, Jesus, I love you and I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to say yes to you. If you've never said that, you don't have that relationship, I want to, I want to extend an, an invitation to you this morning. And maybe some of you are skeptical and you're like, you know, it's, it's religion and how can you prove it and all this. Man, just give God a chance. God will blow your mind. When you say yes to Jesus, your, your life will never be the same. When you're up at night and you're stressing about finances and worrying and you're, you're worried about death and eternity, God's there with you, and he loves you, and he's, yeah, he promises his Holy Spirit that will comfort you in all things. So I'm going to invite you right now, if you guys want to say yes, if anybody in this room wants to say yes to Jesus, or if you've walked away and, you, and you've been living on your own, you've been doing things your own way for a long time, and you want to come back to Jesus this morning, I'm going to count to three, and on three, I just want you to lift up your hand and so I can pray with you and I know who I'm praying with. All right, so one, and God loves you so much. He died for you. Two, he's never going to leave you or forsake you. Three, he's going to see you again in heaven. You want to say yes to Jesus this morning and just raise your hand high. I'm going to leave some time for this because it's so important. You can just lift it up high. Don't be afraid. No one's looking. This is something that's going to change your eternity. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you for everyone that's just saying yes to Jesus right now. Man, it's awesome. I see you in the back, little guy. Awesome. Put your hands down and we're just going to pray this. If you, if you would just pray this under your breath like it's your own prayer. Jesus, I need you. God, I'm sorry for living my life my own way. God, I want to live for you. Lord, I thank you for taking the hit for me, God, knowing that I was under a curse, God, and I was, I was sinful, I was flawed. But God, you came to this earth to die for me, to be my sacrifice, God to take the burden of sin so that I wouldn't have to, that I wouldn't have to spend eternity in darkness, God. 
Lord, I acknowledge that you are raised three days later from the grave, proving to the world and everyone that you are who you say you are, God. Lord, I just ask that you would fill me with your Holy Spirit. God, that you would speak to me as I open up your word, as I read your word. God, that it would just come alive um, and just shape the way I live. Holy Spirit, just help these people to just live consistently, to just be on fire for you. Protect them, protect their hearts, God. We love you. We just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, guys.